when to do Roth conversions, part one. All right, so I've been uh, working on this uh, for the most of the day here, and I'm going to share it with you. It's a blog post I put that I'll read to you that I uh, also sent my email subscribers. So again, if you uh, want to become a subscriber, let me show you how to do that. Just go right here on, on uh, hold on just a second. There we go. You go right here. You go to connect. So it's heritagewealthplanning.com, and then hit connect, and that will take you to the screen where you say, hey, I want to... Select an option, sign up for newsletter, uh, interested in financial planning, get access to software or other. So whatever you want to do, there you go. So that's how you get to subscribe to my newsletter. All right, so let's go back to the, uh, the uh, go back to the homepage here. And you'll see this is Peaks Island, Peaks Island, Maine, your old buddy Josh. He's just sitting on that wharf right there waiting for the boat. This actually, they changed the wharf. It used to be, is that the, I can't remember, the car ferry used to be over here. I can't, they, they changed around. But anyway, we used to sit on this wharf right here. The wind would be flying. It looks like that kid's swimming right there. Yeah, look at that. Yep, there's a kid. He just uh, jumped off there and climbed back up. That's what we used to do. Uh, but anyway, we used to sit on this wharf and just want to wait for the school to come, the boat to come pull us to the school in Portland. Oh, the wind would just be, oh, killing you, man. All right, so let's go down to my latest post. This is part one of many part series, which I'll end up doing in a book here. Um, when to do Roth conversions? I get this question a lot, a lot. Uh, Roth conversions can make a big difference in your retirement planning. The rule of thumb is to convert when your tax brackets will be higher in the future. For instance, married people will have a higher tax bracket. Why? Because one of the people is going to die. And when that person dies, a single taxpayer has a higher tax bracket than a joint, than a married filing jointly. Uh, Low-income people with decent retirement accounts will have a higher tax bracket. Between jobs, you'll probably have a higher tax bracket because right now you're probably not making it much money, if any. In the future, you probably will. And retirement before RMDs kick in, you probably have a higher tax bracket. So in part one of this series, after retirement but before RMDs. Let's start with a simple example of a married couple just retired when the husband turned 60 and the wife 56 with an IRA balance of $500,000. They need $4,000 a month to cover all their needs. The husband's PIA is $2,900 and the wife's is $1,000. They don't plan on taking Social Security, though, until the husband hits his full retirement age at 67, and the wife will claim then, too, but her spousal benefit will be reduced because she won't be at full retirement age. She'll be uh, 63 years old. For the next seven years, they'll need to withdraw from their IRAs to net $48K a year to live on. Well, we do adjust that with inflation, too. Once Social Security kicks in, they'll need to withdraw less from their IRA uh, simply because uh, they were living solely off their IRA. Now they're living on Social Security with a little bit from the IRA. So the question is, should they do Roth conversions during this time? Let's see how it plays out. So here we're going to give an example of no Roth conversions. Let's start with a typical retirement scenario where they do no Roth conversions and instead just take distributions to cover their expenses and later the RMDs when they reach 70 years old. And you can see graph one. So husband retired there at 60 and they're just pulling money from their IRAs to live on. They're getting a 5% tax bracket. They hit about 7% there. And then from basically 66 to 73, there's no taxes. Uh, or I guess that'd be 67 when Social Security kicks. Yeah, 67, excuse me, it's 73. Uh, because when Social Security kicks in, they don't have to take as much out of their IRA. And when because the Social Security is uh, the IRA, the withdrawals are essentially the equivalent of their standard deduction. They have no taxes. So in this case, even though they have Social Security income plus 
a little bit of distributions from their IRA. Their standard deduction wipes away any taxes that are due. All right, so, but now what happens, 72, 75, 80, you can see 5.2% is a tax bracket there. Then you can see right here is about, uh, yeah, about 10 and a half, 11% right there at 90 when the husband dies. And then it jumps quite a bit to 12.5% for the due to the widow's tax trap. What you see here is that beginning of retirement, before Social Security kicks in, they have around a 5% effective tax rate because they're taking distributions solely from their IRA to make ends meet. However, once Social Security kicks in, the distributions from IRA drops and they actually have no taxes for about four years or so. But when the RMDs kick in, those RMDs will force them to paying taxes again. In fact, the taxes will increase each year as the RMDs become larger and larger. At 90, when the husband dies, again, the widow's tax trap kicks in. And so here's the issue. The wife's taxes will increase by 34%, even though her income will drop by 25%. So here's her income. It went from 102 to 77, and yet here's her taxes. went from 14 to, 8 to 19. So a 34% increase in taxes to offset, offset by a 25% decrease in income. That, uh, freaking, that's the widow's tax trap. So what if they say, yeah, they don't like that scenario, so we're going to do Roth uh, conversions as full retirement age for the husband at 67. And here we'll show you here, they're going to, again, they're taking uh, money up from their IRA to live on. At 67, they're still pulling money from their, they're uh, pulling money from their IRA and they're doing Roth conversions, but they also have Social Security kicking in. So here, living solely off IRAs at 67, they're living off a little bit off IRAs. Uh, mostly Social Security, but they're still doing some. I'm doing 35,000 a year Roth conversions here, and they're doing Roth conversions at 35,000 a year. And you can see they got an 8% effective tax rate here. It slowly goes down to about 7% there. And then when uh, the husband is 78 years old, there's no taxes. So they're paying some tax up here for no taxes later on. And then, of course, when he dies, there is no taxes. And here's I show you the taxes here. So the income still drops by uh, 25% from 102 to 77,000. Uh, but the taxes are zero. So when the widow's tax trap, there is no widow's tax trap because the income, while it does reduce, there is no taxes at all. And so if we go back here, income drops from 102 to 77. Taxes go from 14 to 19. Here, income drops from 102 to 77. There is no taxes. All right, so notice, unlike uh, in graph two, when the wife's income dropped by 25%, the taxes went up by 34%. In this case, because the Roth conversion, the widow owes no taxes. In fact, even while the husband's alive here, there's still no taxes due at all. And I did all this on Right Capital Software, by the way. Uh, while the Roth, with the Roth conversions, they paid a total of $87,000 in federal taxes. And I did not use any state tax. I just put them in Tennessee because I don't know. The state tax is different. And uh, the right capital is a little bit uh, disappointing when it comes to Georgia because they have these guys paying 4% state tax and they're not paying 4%. Once you're over 65 years old, with this kind of income, they're not paying anything. Without the Roth conversions, though, they will pay 100000 more in taxes for a total tax of 187000 With the Roth conversions, they'll pay 87000 in tax. And that's just uh, <laughs> the nature of the beast. But again, without the Roth conversions, they're not paying that much tax on the front end. Well, we go here. They're, you know, they're paying effective 5%, but it's on the back where they really start getting crunched. And then, of course, when the wife is a survivor, uh, she gets hammered for sure. But she's paying 22000 bucks at that point. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. Now let's take a look at the total net worth. Uh, remember, one of the drawbacks during the Roth conversions is that you have to pay taxes when you convert the money. The taxes, those taxes are money that inherently can't be used to grow the portfolio. So we're thinking, well, if we're doing 
Roth conversions and that taxes are being used to grow the portfolio, uh, what is the net worth? Well, I appreciate we have $100,000 less in taxes when we do the Roth conversions, but won't that hurt our net worth? The answer is no, because what you'll see here is their net worth is right here, $1.7 million of which 529,000 is in uh, qualified assets, in this case, a deferred IRA. 1.1 million is in non-qualified assets uh, because they were, their social security, they didn't have to take that much of their RMDs in which to live on. So whatever they had to take out of RMD above and beyond what they needed to live just went into a taxable account where there's just building capital gains, long-term capital gains, dividends and interest and whatnot. So they're leaving their heirs of 1.172 tax-free, but they had to pay a lot of taxes in the interim uh, to build that. And then they're leaving their heirs with 529,000 of tax-deferred accounts, which the heirs will pay tax on that because it's qualified to IRA at ordinary income. So what graph five shows us is that at the death of the surviving spouse, they're leaving a liquid net worth of 1.7 million, not too shabby, but unfortunately, a good amount of that, 529000 to be exact, is left in an IRA, which will be taxed to the heirs as ordinary income. Now, because their mandatory distributions were higher than the amount they needed to live on, they did leave $1.17 million in non-IRA account, which will transfer under current law to the heirs tax-free. However, they did have to pay tax on that money via capital gains, dividends, and interest while they're alive, which increased their taxes. If you look at graph six below, though, we can see what the net worth looks like when they were doing Roth conversions at 67. Net worth is about $70,000 less. As you can see, 1.6 million here to 1.7 million, uh, 1.63 million here to 1.7 million there. So 70,000 less of taxes, but a less of net worth. But watch this. They are leaving 1.63 million all in a Roth, all in a Roth. So that is the kids are inheriting that all in a Roth. And if we get, you know, $529,000 that the kids inherit, we'll just uh, take 25% off that for state and federal taxes, uh, minus 25%. That's only going to net them 390. So at the end of the day, this is significantly higher. Uh, 1.63 tax-free is much higher than 1.702 taxable, if that makes sense. Now, let's do Roth conversions at 60. And we'll assume this couple loves the idea of not paying taxes in the future and want to begin Roth conversions ASAP. How does this shake out? Well, in this case, they only pay 55000 in total taxes over the first few years of retirement and then pay none ever again. Even after the husband turns 67, they pay no more, which is 130,000 less in total taxes than not doing any Roth conversions and 30,000 less in taxes than waiting until 67 to do Roth conversions. In fact, here's a graph. You can see they're paying about, uh, that's about eight, eight and a half percent effective tax rate until it's 67. Then they're going on social security, they're not paying anything, anything. All the taxes are gone. Kaboom, Roth conversions at 60 lead to no tax after 67. Now, I wonder why uh, one, what you might wonder what their net worth looks like because they did have to pay those significant taxes on the front. I hate to say significant, but 55,000 taxes on the front end. So let's see. They actually leave a bigger legacy than they did if they wait till 67 to take the Roth. We got 1.639 million versus before 1.63 million. So you know, that's an extra $9,000 tax free that they're leaving to the heirs. So not only do they pay less in taxes, significantly less, they pay 30,000 less in taxes by doing the Roth conversions at 60. Uh, they pay 150,000 less in taxes by doing the Roth, by, compared to not doing the Roth conversions, and they leave a substantial net worth 
much more so than not doing Roth conversions and still 9,000 more than if they waited till 67. So it seems to me that's a slam dunk. So one thing we haven't discussed, which we'll do in part two, is what happens if they have a secondary source of income, say a pension. So we'll throw a 30,000 a year pension in the mix and see how that looks. And we'll probably put that pension with a wife. So there you go. As always, if you want to come here and get my blogs, just subscribe uh, to the, the blog post here thing. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the website without question and, and put comments down below. All right. Thanks, guys.